Morning, team. Nice to be company. Thank you, Anthony. Oh, you can't. We dragged them out this morning, didn't we? But got heated swimming pools. Why isn't it undercover? Why isn't it... Oh, I can't believe it. Get over yourself. It was on the television yesterday. It's been there for years. Have you had a bath before? Although, actually, I had a bit of a fright this morning. I had this horrible feeling that my, uh, my boiler was going to break. Luckily, it didn't. It was a momentary flash in time. Lots of your texts and emails. Um, we'll get through those. And also, we found the stupidest, second stupidest woman in the world. She's in the paper today. She has a daughter. We don't know her name, but she's doing something rather ridiculous. Details coming up. Three. I've lost track of what day it is. It's Friday. Thank you, Anthony. I have to be told by Anthony now. I've got to that age. It's great. They sort of wheel me in and they go, you just sit here. The mic will, you know, the light will come on and you, and you speak. And you go, lovely. Oh, I think we're on the wrong uh, office thing here. I think we're on the wrong computer. I think we must be because I can't get onto it for some reason. It doesn't have all my right things up on there, I don't think. We'll find out in a second. So uh, we'll take your texts and emails. 8850stevenlbc.co.uk And still... The, uh, the pavements are like sheet ice. It's terrible. It is terrible out there. It's, uh, it's not good, I'm afraid. It really isn't good. So just take care if you're out there. And if you don't need to get, don't bother. Don't bother. Get, it's just not worth it, is it? It is not worth it. Uh, right. We go through the paper. There's a, an immensely stupid woman in the paper today. In fact, she's in quite a number of the uh, papers. And she is just... Just mad as a brush, I'm afraid. Just mad as a brush. Uh, and I'm not even sure I'm allowed to use words about her. Uh, I, I pondered on whether I thought that Jonathan Ross was of any interest to you, and I came to the conclusion, no, he wasn't, except Paddy Power have opened a book on where he'll go. Um, I, don't, I don't, don't think his audience have been there at all for ages and ages, and I just, I just don't think... What is it? What is it doing? What is it doing? Why is it not? It's just stupid, this machine. It's ridiculous. Here we go. Oh, dear God. So I'm not really... Oh, right, it's gone off again. Oh, right, we start again, do we? OK, mm-hmm. right, OK. So, uh, so where, where Jonathan goes to is of no, no interest to me whatsoever. I think years and years ago, when he did The Last Resort, I think it was cutting-edge television. I think it was innovative. I thought it was very good. He was sort of... He wasn't as, I don't know, stupid as he is now. And now, of course, the more stupid and the more infamous you become, the more money you earn. I think the BBC had got to that stage. I think the, uh, the governors there are going, oh, no, really, this is just making a mockery of television. And so they, uh, they decided, and uh, probably amongst themselves, because I thought the deal was done. I have to be honest. I thought they'd already agreed and uh, everybody was happy both sides. And then it appears that it wasn't. I mean, the word was in the business. It was a done deal. It wasn't for as much money. But there again, everybody else at the BBC has had to take a pay cut. And I don't think it helps when you have somebody who says, oh, I earn £6 million a year, I do this and that. I don't think people like having that kind of stuff rummed down their throats every day. And his interviews were getting a bit lame. I mean, especially after he said something to Gwyneth Paltrow, which was just wholly inappropriate. But it's schoolboy humour. It's schoolboy humour, that's all it is. The trouble is... Graham Norton, who used to do that, can now turn himself around. But at the end of the day, who gives us stuff? None of you care, do you? I don't think you're really particularly bothered about where he goes to or, or what happens now. He's earned a small fortune. Perhaps it's now time to stand aside and uh, let somebody else have a go. Although who, apart from Graham Norton, I've got no idea. I don't think they have got anybody else. I think they're a little bit short of, uh, short of male talent, so to speak. Uh, here it is, minus 20, as Anthony said earlier on. 
It's colder than your deep freeze, and they reckon another ten days. Not in London. Nothing in London. Absolutely. It's gorgeous out there. You could walk around with an open shirt, wouldn't make the slightest... I don't advise it. Just in case there's somebody who's a little bit barking mad, who might think, Steve Allen says it's OK to open my shirt and walk outside. You know, you have to be very careful. You have to sort of, sort of say things afterwards now, in case there is somebody who is permanently stupid, who takes everything literally. If I say, you know, go out in flip-flops, people, you know, go out in flip-flops. You know, it's amazing, actually, the power when you think about it. In fact, there is a man in the paper today who uh, is another balmy mad, barking mad person. He pretended to be a policeman. And uh, what he's actually done is he's, uh, he's made himself a fake card. Wait a minute, let me just sort of do this now. We sort by... I mean, if we click on that one, that should turn it around the other way, shouldn't it? We think. I'm not sure with this computer. And for some reason, something happened a while ago. And there you go. And, oh, no, even that's not right, is it? That only goes up to Thursday. Here we go, Thursday and then Friday. Something happened to this computer a while ago, and it started making, it started doing things that I wasn't really sure what it was doing. And I sit here staring at it like a complete idiot, because I've got no idea where, where computers concerned. I pay people to do things like that. But I sometimes sit there looking at it, thinking, what is it doing? What's going on in its little tiny memory? Uh, in the papers today, you'll be delighted to know that uh, Big Brother is not, not really doing what it's set out to do. It's the lamest group of people. And poor Alex Reed. Uh, called today by most of the papers, desperate, because he's tried everything. I could be the next James Bond. Uh, he's tried it. He's walked around with his shirt off. Unfortunately, the public have de- deserted him in droves. I mean, you can only sympathise with the fact that him and Jordan together make up the naffest couple in the world. Neither of them any discernible talent. She makes money, but she doesn't do that herself. Somebody uses her name and then, then produces the goods. You don't think she designs clothes, do you, or anything? No, please, God, no. And she doesn't design jewellery, because, you know, she's too busy slapping on all that drag queen makeup. And uh, by the look of poor Alex, who's been dipped in toffee, you know, he's gone the same way. Perhaps he's, perhaps he's delusional. He can't help it. But either way, Paddy Powers say he is now the person least likely to win Big Brother. The public have just dropped out of favour with him. They don't like him. They think he's desperate, and all the reviewers think exactly the same. In fact, it's also what they're saying about Jonathan Ross. All the reviewers, to a person, have said, no loss, no loss. And uh, the reason is that there's other people now who can do it, and probably do it a little bit cheaper, which is good news. So, uh, no new sign of a deal on the horizon, and, uh, you know... Nothing's going to happen there, I shouldn't imagine, but I'm, no doubt it'll give them something to write about, because they can't keep writing about the weather. It's just ridiculous. Uh, there's one here, Patsy Kensit. Her fourth showbiz marriage is on the rocks after just eight months. wonder why poor, poor, poor little Patsy Kensit can't actually do anything right. The trouble is she's a pain in the rear end. She can't hang on to men for love nor money. She really can't. Uh, another one here, 84850. A lot of people complaining about, um, you know, how much it costs to put on heating nowadays. The government are rushing through the extra payments. I've said before, if you're elderly and you put heating on and you rack up a bill, let them pay. Let them pay. You know, it's so much easier. Didn't have to worry about it at all. Here is the stupidest woman in the world. Uh, I'm not actually sure, you know, if she's listening to this programme, but you've got to be the dumbest person I've ever seen, love. And the reason she's dumb is because it was taken at Rushmere Lake on London's Wimbledon Common, and uh, she was taking her daughter to a prep school, and she's walking past a sign that says, Danger, thin ice. She's standing on the ice. You are the stupidest person I've ever seen in my entire life. 
not only endangering your life, but your daughter's life as well. They call her a dozy woman. Well, she's going to see her picture in the paper today. I hope she's ridiculed by everybody at the school, and they point her out and go, you're that stupid woman. How dumb do you have to be? You don't walk on anything that's frozen, lake, river, or anything like that. There is a very, very good chance that you can fall in. And, in fact, there was somebody who fell in at Lakeside Country Club the other day. They were there for the darts, and they recovered their body from under the ice. So I don't know how that happened, but, unfortunately, this woman, stupid, stupid, stupid. You don't go anywhere. We've already had two people die through falling through ice, and she's now... I mean. Mind you, what's even stupider is there was a photographer there to take a picture of it. Perhaps it was a joke, or perhaps they thought it was funny, because she's smiling. as She's watching her daughter just about to plunge through thin ice. That's what it says there, thin ice, love. What is it about the sign that you're not quite understanding? Uh, I can't read Julie Birchall's column. The only reason I can't read Julie, because she's... I'm just a bit bored with Julie Birchall. I just... I don't know why. Used to be quite good years and years ago, but she's... Uh, She's sort of a guest columnist today, but it's not, it's not at the right level for The Sun. Even though she's mentioning the right people, it's not pitched for The Sun's audience. She talks about Sophie Anderson, who's sort of wonderful. And, of course, you remember Sophie Anderson, uh, Sophie Anderton. She was the, uh, the model who had a slight problem with um, all sorts of little bits of... Dreadful cold. Uh, dreadful little bits of pieces that you buy from Colombians. And, uh, and then, of course, she was working as a hooker which, of course, was another bit of a downer. And just when you think she's kind of made the recovery back and she's now, you know, forging forward, as Julie Birchall said, she opens her mouth and sticks both feet right in it. She comes up with the biggest pile of guff you've ever heard in your entire life. Ridiculous. Almost as dreary as Kerry Katona, I'm afraid, who's now saying she's going to go to boot camp. And when she gets to boot camp, she's going to lose the weight and then all the companies are going to be crowding around to get her to endorse their products. No, they're not. No, it's finished, I'm afraid, Kerry. You might actually have to come into the real world and actually have to get a proper job. Imagine. I mean, I don't really know what you're qualified for doing. Uh, I don't think anything, actually. I'm not really... You know, if you were thinking about a job for Kerry Katona, I can't, off the top of my head, I don't know what she'd do. She doesn't seem to be particularly qualified. She can't sing. Uh, she can't act. She can't actually do anything. Uh, she's a bit chav, isn't she? Well, in fact, she's more than a bit chav. She's probably, probably just pushing it the other side. She's borderline Jeremy Kyle show. That's what she is. She's borderline Jeremy Kyle. And you know how much we love the Jeremy Kyle show. It's absolutely fantastic, isn't it? It's wonderful. Uh, Vinnie Jones in Big Brother. He uh, apparently spends most of his time sleeping. Uh, you do that when you don't actually have much work. You spend a lot of time sleeping. You can't, don't want to get up and want to do this. Or is it cold? I want to get out of bed. I always love it, you know, and people sort of say, oh, I can't afford to put the heating on, and yet they appear to be able to afford a mobile phone. I would thought, given the choice of having a mobile phone or putting the heating on, you put the heating on. You know, the heating is actually much, much better. Um, I haven't heard any mention on LBC Cezanne of how the birds and other wild animals are coping with the freezing weather. They cope very, very well. You won't, as I say, you don't find thin pigeons. doesn't affect them in the slightest, this weather. And... Um, they, they actually, it's, you shouldn't feed birds all the time. That's the advice, because unfortunately, if you feed birds and you keep putting food out on bird tables and stuff like that, um, they come to rely on the food so they don't bother going out foraging. And the whole idea is they go out foraging and they're quite happy in the snow, quite happy. Uh, they're not frozen. They don't, they don't feel the weather in the same way that we do. And they certainly don't go hungry. They certainly don't go hungry because they look, there's enough fast food places putting this garbage out on the streets that birds can forage. You, you will never see dead birds lying around all over the place because they're hungry. They always actually 
do very, very well indeed. They don't, they don't get affected by this weather at all. They fly, they sit there. You've only got to walk over Waterloo Bridge in the morning. They're sitting there quite happily wandering about. Doesn't affect, they don't feel cold in their feet the same way as everybody else does. But if you feed them all the time, they then come to rely on it. And the moment you move away and somebody doesn't do it, that's when they start, excuse me, we've been fed all this time. It's like feeding cats, isn't it? A cat will always go. It doesn't make any difference whose cat it is. If a cat turns up at your door and you start feeding it, it'll turn up every day. That's what they do. You know, ask anybody who's, who's had cats come into there. A friend of mine uh, discovered a cat outside, so she started feeding it. She couldn't get rid of it. In the end, one of the neighbours came around and said, you haven't got our cat, have you? And she said, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm feeding it. And they went, well, it's our cat. And this cat, you know, cats, you know, they've, they've got no loyalty. All they want to do, cats, is sleep. They don't care about anything else. They sleep, they wake up, they eat food, they go back to sleep again. They might occasionally go out, but they don't want to stay out very long, so they sit there looking at you. They'll either sit on the car bonnet, because it's warm, or they sit underneath the car, and then they come in, and then they feed, and then they go to sleep again. They don't actually serve any useful purpose, cats. Apart from that great book of 101 Things to Do with a Dead Cat. Slippers were fairly popular, I think. Quarter past five. These are the headlines. London and the South East face a third day of travel disruption as the freezing temperature continues. In parts of the Scottish Highlands, it got down to minus 21.2 overnight. Senior teachers say the ongoing school closure could cause chaos for some AS and GCSE exams next week. Barack Obama's taken personal responsibility for the mistakes that led to the failed bomb attack on Christmas Day. And Labour Deputy Leader Harriet Harman's due in court later, accused of driving carelessly while using her telephone. Have a check on the uh, state of the roads this morning. Try and get you there. It's still icy out and about, I'm afraid. And still idiots driving about all over the place at excessive speed. But that's just my personal gripe. Here is <laughs> my happy little ray of sunshine for you this morning. Hugh Broom. It'd be also fair to say there's a lot of people driving at excessively slow speed as well yes, exactly. on perfectly well-treated roads. Um, right, road-wise, uh, not too bad a picture, actually. All the main... 7.3. Morning, get Very nice to be company. 19 minutes past five. <laughs> as they say, but, I mean, come on. It's cold, but you can cope with it, you know, unless you're a complete wuss. It's dreadful, you know, out there. We know the pavements haven't been treated. We know local councils have been lax. But there is one place in the country where there is not one bit of snow. Not one bit of snow. No cold weather. Nothing at all. Where do you think this is? Emmerdale. I watched it yesterday. They've got no... They're in Yorkshire. They've got no snow. They've got, you know why, because it was filmed six weeks ago and we didn't have any blasted snow and they've been caught out. But what they've done is they've just sort of tactfully not mentioned it at all in case people think, wait a minute. I mean, outside their front door the other day, there was lush green grass. There is that nobody's wearing thick scarves, nothing at all, because the cold weather didn't get to them six weeks ago. So in Yorkshire, and you know that it's, it's a purpose-built village. It's not a village that they use. It is a purpose-built village on an estate and you drive for about, about two miles through through the grounds, and then as you go over the top of the hill, there is the set that you're so familiar with, the Emmerdale set. But not a drop of snow, nothing at all. They must be kicking us out. So what they've done is they've hopefully uh, detracted you away from that by giving you some of the worst acting and scripting I've ever seen in years. It's great, because you're, you're so busy watching the stupid storyline with the do-lally vicar, who, frankly, couldn't keep a congregation of his life dependent on it, some balmy woman, neither of whom can act... And I'm afraid this is where it's come to the uh, to the fore. Then we've got another story run. They've, they've kept it all going. Edna, 
who's the holier-than-thou busybody old bag who lives in a house and takes people in and gives them cups of tea. She's probably secretly poisoning them. She sort of has this balmy woman who fancies the vicar in there. The acting, I mean, he is just lame. Lame, 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 I'm afraid. The scripting has been the worst ever. It's just stupid. The only time we actually saw a little bit of acting was when he lost his temper and shouted, Get out of my life! And that was about the extent of it. And then Edna said, I don't want you upsetting her, and thought, well, you're even more stupid. The whole village is talking about this woman who's so mentally ill, she thinks that the vicar fancies her. And, of course, it's, it's come to a head because he said, listen, I, I never fancied you. I don't fancy you now. Wouldn't touch you with a barge pole. Wouldn't touch you with the, the farmers down the road. Anybody. You know, nobody's interested. Go away. And she said, oh, my friends are here. He said, you haven't got any friends. I thought I'd get text messages from somebody like that. It's a bit of a shame, really, but there you go. And uh, so, at the moment, it's sort of kind of finished. But again, no snow outside, but it doesn't matter, because the acting is so bad. And then you've got the other thing. Up at the farm, you've got the mother and father, who apparently have got two children, who are already having sex with other people, whereas the mother and father don't quite look old enough to be having children of that age. And they're living in sort of, you know, this little farmhouse. Nobody appears to get their hands dirty. Most of the men wear makeup, which I find very worrying on a farm. I don't know what they're talking about. And then the girl has got this boyfriend... But her brother has said he's gay because he tried to kiss me. And, of course, the simple matter is he probably is, but it's just all got a bit out of hand. So this is going to be their big story. This is how bad Emmerdale's got now. They're so desperate in Emmerdale that they've got a, a gay storyline, the balmy vicar. I'd have got rid of the vicar ages ago. I'm afraid he would have been found hanging in the vestry if I'd had my way. I'd have tied him to the bell rope myself because he's so pathetically awful as a vicar. And then, yes, because you know how stupid this woman is if you've watched it. She's tried to kill his ex-wife, uh, Laura or Laurel, whatever her name is, and she's done this and she's done that. She set fire to the church. And then she said, I hope you don't think I was responsible for any of these things. Barmy vicar goes, no, no, not at all. I thought you were even more stupid than you sound. Why are they making him say these things? I've got no idea. But they just, they come up with it, and it's, it's, it's done purely to annoy me. And, you know, it works every blooming time. Because <laughs> every time I watch it, I get annoyed. I don't know why. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, a couple of stories of the papers I must mention, actually. Depending where you live in London, you might be in for a small windfall, which is quite nice. Uh, oh, um, I did mention this fake police officer earlier on. His name is, uh, his name is Ryan Corsini. He worked at a sports shop in Oxford Street. But he told the people in the sports shop, he's, he's this mad, that he was an undercover policeman. And he gets out a fake police badge saying, this is the power, I love it. Now, so just anybody getting out a fake badge and going, this is the power, I love it, as far as I'm concerned, is mad as a brush. You know, people like this should be locked up. Anyway, when real police officers assisted him with re- arrests, he gave them a false rank and uniform number. Quite clearly. The, the only time that they caught him, and the only time they suddenly realised, was when uh, he in- intervened following a scuffle between passengers at London Bridge. He flashed a card, or a badge of some sort, said the prosecutor. And uh, when he went to the police station, I mean, is this mad? I've heard of people before who dress up as ambulance men and go out in a fake ambulance and stop by, you know, accidents and sort of do all this kind of stuff. Because they're, they're, not, they're not well in the head. Anyway, this guy... When, when he goes into the police station, they let him in. Uh, he couldn't log on to the police computer because, of course, he didn't have any passwords. Anyway, he told detectives he posed as an officer because he was gay, <laughs> suffered from an, an attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and was obsessed with the police. Quite clearly, mad, 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 I'm afraid. But uh, he later was found to have stolen a warrant card from a serving officer, police handcuffs and a baton holder. 
met business cards and a photograph of himself in police uniform were discovered at the house. He was given an eight-month sentence suspended for 18 months. I'd have locked him up straight away. This man is mentally ill. He shouldn't be out there. There's something the matter with him. He needs, he needs medical attention. Just don't know how it works, really. He did sign up as a police cadet in 2000, but failed in 2005 when he was convicted of posing as a qualified policeman. He's one of these little little children, isn't he, really? So, I want to be a policeman. Right, yeah, but you're not good enough, are you? I want to be a policeman. No, you're not good enough. I want to be a policeman. You're not good enough. I want to go out and buy a uniform. All right, dear, you go and do that. Like, at the moment, there's a bloke in the paper today, poor soul. He's a bit too successful as a road sweeper. In fact, he's so successful, they've, uh, they've told him to stop collecting rubbish. He's collecting everybody's rubbish. Want to come round Twickenham? Round there, you have to force a couple of them to actually do anything at all. They just stand there, staring into the distance. I don't know what the council does for them. But the good news is that Tooting is now the millionaire's playground. And if proof were needed, Robert Lindsay has uh, got his house up for sale. Uh, in the Doomsday Book, the whole of Tooting was valued at £7. The whole of That was in the Doomsday Book. The whole of Tooting... Seven pounds. Well, now I can tell you that Robert Lindsay's house is up for 3.35 million, the most expensive to go on the market in the area. It was built in 1912 and uh, it was built for a a colonel in the British Indian Army. Uh, It boasts a garden with one of the few mulberry trees in London. 3.35 million. It's the fact that it's got the provenance that it's Robert Lindsay. So uh, they go through. So now we've pushed up the price of people who live in Tooting. Some of the other places you need to move to, Barking and Dagenham, 161% up. Up. So in other words, if you bought a property in 1999, chances are it might have been a starter flat, 69,000. Now, the same place, 181,000. People up north think we're mad. They say... Why, why do you live in London? I mean, it's so expensive. Up, they, they showed you a thing on the television the other day, and it was one of these escape to the other side of the country or escape to the, you know, different part of the world. And they went to, um, gosh, where was it? I can't remember where it was now. Uh, the Cape Verde. And there was a house, and it was called a film star house. This thing had an outdoor pool. It was all white. It was four stories, marble floors. It was the most stunning place I've ever seen in my life. It had a bridge that went over the swimming pool. It was brand new. It was absolutely fantastic. And your view was the ocean. It was isolated. There was parking. And you went up onto the floors. Uh, all the bedrooms had ensuite bathrooms. What was the price of this place? 205000 205, pounds for this millionaire life. I've never seen like it. Cape Verde must be the place to go. They reckon within five years, everything will be up 75%. Even so, it's still cheap. And the couple who went out there looked at it and he went, well, she, she burst into tears. I thought they'd made a mistake. I've never seen a house the size of something like this for 205000 I mean, that's the average price of a house in, in Hackney or, or anything. You know, you come around our way for a flat and and it's ridiculous. You you just you know people who are starting. That's why people rent can't afford to buy a place. I reckon Stacey Solomon. Well, actually, John Warrington reckons Stacey Solomon's pushed the prices up of Barking and Dagenham. Although it's funny, isn't it? Because we haven't really heard from Stacey since she didn't win the X Factor. But uh, still living the dream. Still living the dream. Love together with Ollie Moores. He's not doing anything either. In fact, actually, nobody's doing anything at all because they're all preparing for the next show. 
Unfortunately for Stacey, it's back behind the bar again and probably some karaoke nights out, which will be brilliant for her, because, frankly... I do- oh, she did say the other day in an interview, because uh, she's still getting a couple of interviews, she did say that she wouldn't mind going into modelling. Now, we weren't quite sure what sort of modelling. Uh, I'm hoping it's glamour. You know, glamour model, because you come from Dagenham, and about your mark, and you've got the kind of face, because you certainly don't have it for fashion modelling at all, I'm afraid. You're not really... You know, just having hair is not enough. You've got to have the face that goes with it. So so maybe glamour modelling for Stacey would be quite good. For Ollie, I fear nothing at all, I'm afraid. LBC 97 point... Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Just be careful on the uh, the pavements. I mean, they should be out there gritting them, but frankly, they seem to do it very spasmodically. I found it a bit strange the other day. They were sort of gritting little bits of the pavement. Yeah, outside Waitrose, nothing. Nothing at all. It was like a skid patch. Richmond, terrible. The cinema there, which is the one next to the police station, they've done outside their front door, but they haven't done the main pavement, which I think they should do, because it was just like a skid patch. There were people falling over all over the place. And because it goes up a little bit of an incline, it's even more dangerous. So, you know, if you want to see some customers who aren't going to spend the rest of the day in A&E, get out there and put some salt down or something. Perhaps they've run out of salt, I don't know. They want people to go to the cinema, at least try and clear the pavement outside your place. But it is bad. I think council should be responsible for that. We pay enough money, for God's sake. Don't want to see sort of street cleaners just walking up and down. Not very exciting. Uh, Joanne says, I listen to you each morning and work on my computer. You use the expression mad as a brush. Do you know the origin? No. I've got no idea. I don't know why a brush would be considered mad. I've got no idea. Why would a brush be considered mad? I can't think of that. It's only because you don't want to say mentally ill, uh, because most of the, the, the things that you're talking about, people could be construed as mentally ill. And you used to say years ago, they're, they're, they're barking mad, or they're three stops away from barking, they're a dagonum or something like that. So now you go mad as a brush, which is sort of a polite way of saying you're a bit stupid. So, uh, and by the way, poor old Joanne is a cat lover. Well, that, well, you can only uh, sort of reiterate and confirm what I said earlier on about the fact that cats will go wherever you want. You know, as long as they're being fed, they're more than happy. Uh, Borden Smug of South West 2, which is Johnny, of course, who celebrated a birthday the other day, says, can we have a straight-to-bargain bin of all the weight-loss get-fit DVDs? This week, a woman that acted in EastEnders and the daughter of Dennis Waterman has dropped some fat, looks gaunt to me, uh, and with a new tan, smiling and telling us to buy her DVD. Another instant expert from the Miss Cassidy School of Meaningless Self-Promotion. She's quiet, right? Don't sit down. Go and get the coffee. Go and get the co- coffee. Yes, I think so, yes. Thank Top you. right-hand corner. Well, quite like some Marmite on toast, but, I mean, I don't <laughs> think we're going to push that at the moment. I'll go and get you some... Do you know what I had yesterday? Lime marmalade. Oh, that's nice. Roses. Oh, beautiful. I've been sent porridge. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't do that, though. Dates, apricots, apple and a hint of cinnamon. It says ready in three minutes in the microwave. We haven't got a microwave. No, sadly, we haven't. <laughs> so I'm just having to look at that and I'm thinking, can you eat it dry? Oh, no, don't be so silly. Well, why not? Well, you can't eat that dry. It will stick to the palate. I know. (laughs) It was sent in from a lovely lady called Holly from Rude Health. It's organic porridge. Very, very good. I know someone... No salt, no sugar. I have a house guest at the moment who would die for that. In fact, if they don't leave sooner, they will be dead. They will be dead, I know. (laughs) So you want coffee? Yes, I think so. Top right hand, yeah. I know know where it is. Well, it comes out white. (laughs) Don't don't put any sugar. And I I might, depending on how quick you are, I might give you the uh, the porridge. Fabulous. I'm that generous this morning, you see. I I constantly give things away. Thank you, Holly, very much indeed. Dates. Do you know, I like dates. Some people hate dates, but I, I quite like them. I like fresh dates. 
But you don't see those very often. We're Paul Cooper and get hold of fresh dates. When you get back to work, Paul, as well. It's just ridiculous, honestly, all this lounging around at home doing nothing. Even your mum says you should do something. So come on! Get back to work. We need to see you there. Uh, Phil says the only birds that are frozen at this time of year are the frozen chickens in Iceland. I know, but you don't know where they emanated from, do you? I'm never sure where half this uh, stuff comes from. Clive says, is the lovely Amanda still with you? Sadly not. Sadly not. Because you remember, uh, the lovely Amanda used to be Brian uh, until she went to Switzerland on holiday. She only went to buy a cuckoo clock, ended up in one of those transformation clinics, came back as Amanda. It's all very odd. And um, so, no, she's, she's off doing other things at the moment. I think emergency lipo. I think it's emergency lipo. I couldn't quite remember. And um, can you tell me, what does a revised service mean on the trains? Uh, it means we're doing something we're not going to tell you about. That's what it, it generally is. There is a revised service. In other words, ignore the timetable as is. Later on in the day, we might just chuck in a train just for the hell of it. You know, and then we might just take one off. We might just say to you, I'm terribly sorry, the train you were expecting is going to be another 20 minutes. Well, it'll be 30, but if we say 20, you'll buy it, won't you? And, uh, and then it becomes an hour, and you're still standing there. But this time your feet are frozen to the platform. You know, I think centrally heated boots are good. Somebody told me that there's a thing you can get which you clip on the bottom of shoes, which has got spikes on. Might as well just go out in rugby boots, might you, really? And that helps you not slip over on the ice, which is good. Uh, Noreen says, well, Dancing on Ice starts tonight. I will make a start watching. I don't know anybody in it except Heather Mills, Bobby Davro, Boo, and Danielle Westbrook, three of your favourites, Steve. I know. Lovely to see Heather Mills there. Somebody said she's very determined. I thought she certainly was where Paul McCartney was concerned. And as I say, that was the most expensive um, time of his life. Gary says, oh, that's right. This is the one telling me about these uh, shoes. In a Norwegian shop in Croydon. It's in the Whitgift Centre. The very idea just makes me smile, I'm afraid. And uh, they're called Ice Runner. I did go to their website, but it's, it's not, not a very good website, I'm afraid. He says, I'm going to try mine out today. By the way, isn't it about time we saw our beloved Stephen Fairfield Halls again? Well, I would if they weren't so stupid over their booking system now. So I've, I've given up with uh, the Fairfield Halls for the, uh, for the time being. Uh, Bob says, uh, whilst a day of sledging might be fun for all the children, parents nationwide... They still battle into work. If they don't get to work, they don't get paid. The schools around our way are closed. I don't know why. Well, they're not able to get in. I managed to get in. You know, the public transport is running. There are trains running. There are buses running. Why can't they get to school? I'll just see it as some feeble excuse, I'm afraid. It's ridiculous. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. we do the horse racing a little bit later on, see how we did in, uh, in that. I did laugh the other day, actually. I was only just reminded by Holly, of, um, of Ollie Muir's. Having, having spoken of poor Ollie, who's... Career surely must be trying to desperately get himself on another show. Um, but as I say, when you're not that good, it's not that easy. And he was complaining in the papers the other day about how he'd called Robbie Williams a few times and for some reason Robbie hadn't got back to him. And I thought, you really are as dumb as you look, aren't you? It's, it's you know, I, let me just explain it to Ollie. Th- this is how it works, OK? Because you don't understand, you're not in show business, so I will explain it to you, and it will be, it'll be quite straightforward. When a celebrity, like Robbie Williams, goes on The X Factor, OK, and he's your mentor, he doesn't really know who you are. You know, you don't spend enough time with him. He's not your friend. For the purposes of the programme, it's a bit like being in, a bit like being in Pantoland, and when the, uh, the beautiful princess says she wants to marry you, she's just acting. She doesn't really want to marry you. You know, and when, and when the sort of, the, uh, the, the, sort of the, the principal boy says, let's go to London and buy a house and all that, she's only joking. OK, it's not serious. So Ollie 
gets... Now, most celebrities that I know have at least two phones. One is the phone for their friends, and the other is the phone number that they give to people that aren't their friends. And then what they can do is they can vet. So, in other words, what are you doing, honestly? Mad as a brush, aren't you? Anyway, so, um, I could smell the chocolate from here. <laughs> Sit down and move, move but your But I am here. I know. Well done. So you should be. I think so, too. But, so, Ollie has uh, Robbie on the show, and Robbie puts his arm around him and does all that kind of bit. It's like here, you know... We sort of put our arms around each other and we, you know, do the big... Hu- At the end of the show, that's it. I walk out of the building, I don't phone them later on, I don't want to talk to them. They're not my friends. They're just people I happen to work with. For the purposes of the programme, we're all buddy-buddy and chummy-chummy. But I'm not about to start taking... Well, it's a lie, actually. I've taken them out for drinks before now, and frankly, it's a waste of time. Most of them cannot handle alcohol. After the seventh bottle of wine, they're under the table. It's stupid. That's your fault yeah. for buying it. So poor old Ollie, complaining, John, that uh, he had phoned Robbie Williams a couple of times... Oh. And and Robbie hadn't got back to him is is a classic case, I'm afraid, of he's not your friend, he doesn't really care about you, and the phone number you've got would not be his main phone. That would be another one, which is probably sitting in a drawer somewhere. Mm. And eventually, after a year, he'll pick, oh, look, 116 messages, all from Ollie. <laughs> and then it'll be a case of, I wish Ollie would stop stalking me. And in a Robbie Williams' case, it would be looking at the phone and going, who's Ollie? Yeah. When did that happen? Yeah. He just would not, people don't remember. Because you give out your phone number to somebody, but they're not friends. Of course not. They're like, they have a phone number, which I would have, and then they have another phone number, which if, if they bumped into somebody, say, listen, I can get you a car, G- give me your number. Well, you're not going to give your real number out, are you? No, because they'll plague you with, yes. with texts, as yes. they do. So you, you don't do that, I'm afraid. So, Ollie, sorry to break it to you, Popsy, but he's not your friend. No, you'll have to make your own friends, Yes, Ollie. Try, try, try and go, go and make some friends of your own. I'm, sh- be that I'm sure he's got Stacey's phone number, or Joe McKeldry's number. Yes, well, Joe, of course, very busy at the moment, talking to Disney. Ah. I think, actually, to see if he can get a job at their cinema, I don't think he's actually going to be working for them. It's it's a case of, is he tall enough to do the popcorn counter? He could do the Disney cruise ships. He could, he could certainly cruise. I mean, there is no, no doubt in my mind that Joe McKeldry could cruise. He could get on the Disney ship that goes out of Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. He'd be good, actually, on the ship. Yeah, he would, yeah. And have to stay there. (laughs) (laughs) I think you have to do a minimum six-month contract. They don't let you off. (laughs) Irrespective of where you go, they might drop you off in Cancun for the afternoon, but yeah. they whisk you back on. The trouble is, I, I, I was saying to uh, Anthony Davis earlier on, it's so funny that you read all this rubbish in the paper because I've been in the business a long time, and they go, "So and so is going to go to America, and they're going to be a big star with Disney." You go, "Listen, in America, they've got thousands and thousands of children, thousands and thousands of children, who who can actually act better than him, sing better than him, do the whole bit. Just having a set of teeth that belong in a horse's mouth at Kempton is not enough, I'm afraid. You know, pleasant little boy he is, but they've got people like you over there. I think we should do the racing tips later. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the, the day that Joe McKeldry is actually going to... Uh... The thing is that America's really, really... I mean, if they're clever, they might just do it. Yeah. He'll be bound to make guest appearances on uh, America's Got Talent or... You know, the, the, the equivalent to our X Factor. I think they're doing the X Factor, aren't they, in America this mm. time? They're going to get rid of the other one. And he could do it if, he, if his management team sort of get in there and say, look, here's a product, let's use it, let's use it, let's yeah. use it because he's young. And he's got that lovely look, hasn't he? And also, if you notice about... We're we talking about the same person. Joe. Joe. Oh, he's very sweet. The camp little boy with all the teeth <laughs> who likes show tunes. <laughs> So he's well, he's good much. at show tunes. He's very good at show tunes. <laughs> yes, but the trouble is, so are thousands of other people. Unfortunately, yes. You only have to look at all those talent shows yeah. that they've got in America. And I mean, look at all the... I mean, you've only got to look in this country at how many uh, 
talent schools there are, turning out people who are all hoping yeah. to go into a business with 98% unemployment. Just winning a TV talent show, he's had the single, scraped into number one. Only just. Only just. The album will be out in a few months' time. By that time, they've got to try and regenerate interest in him. To be honest with you, he's just been on holiday with his mum and dad. Has he? Where did they go? I don't know. I don't know where they went. <laughs> Somewhere. Went. Disney? I think they just went onto a beach or something. I don't know. <laughs> Should they didn't go to Florida? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And um, so he goes on holiday. So, of course, he's not really acting like a superstar. Whereas Susan Boyle only has to book into the Priory and she's front-page news. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just ridiculous, I mean, it? she has done incredibly well, but she I don't has, think but it's going to last. No, it's not going to last. It's a, what's called a five-minute wonder. I think she's a four-minute wonder that's dragged on for a few months. Because, to be honest with you, A, you can't understand a word she says, and B, <laughs> she is prone, after a few minutes of doing anything, to start going off at a tangent. And shaking. And shaking. And and so they're never, ever going to get her into a concert situation. Well, no, 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 no. Well, I wonder if she'll do... She'll do um, now, they don't mix Britain's Got Talent with X Factor, do they? On the shows that they do. Well, surprisingly, coming up on Britain's Got Talent, uh, the new series which they've started mm. filming, guess who turned up in the audition line? I can't imagine. Not someone who's just come up the X Factor. No. But somebody we're all well aware of. Two of them, in fact. Not Jedwood. No. The Cheeky Girls. You're joking. I kid you not. The Cheeky Girls turned up in the auditions at Olympia uh, because they've recently been on the... Uh, dancing programme, Strictly Come Dancing in Transylvania or Romania, wherever it is they come from. I think it's Kazakhstan, isn't it? Somewhere like that, I don't know, actually. I, I do see them with Kalashnikovs around <coughs> the neck, sadly, being pushed to the front. You go first, you'll frighten them all <laughs> off, come on. And so they turned up in the line saying, uh, because we, we show people how we dance now. Yes. I thought, oh dear, but how, it, how dreary. Isn't the programme called Britain's Got Talent? Yes. It's not Spain's Got Talent or no. Germany's Got Talent. No. It's Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. So you should be British, shouldn't yes, you? Yes, but then, by, by, the, by the very same token, in the Big Brother house, why have we got Americans in there? Why don't they just go back and stay in America? I don't want to see failed old brothel keepers, otherwise known as women traffickers on Heidi, the programme. Heidi, you mean? Heidi Flies. My her lips. God, she's ugly. Have you oh. seen her lips? Yeah. Collagen to death. Collagen to death, I know. Yeah, she looks Apparently she was rough. only asked two days before yeah. because they couldn't find somebody, but then her, her brother died. So luckily, Heidi weighed up in her mind, bury brother, go on programme. Make money. Exactly. She... And what one? Go on programme. Funny that, isn't it? I think my, she must my, have My brother died. You know, oh, I don't think so, no. <laughs> I think she made loads of money. But frankly, I mean, as far as I was concerned, she was, uh, she was a brothel keeper. She's a criminal. A disgusting, filthy piece of vermin who traffics women. Oh, there you go. 14 to 6. <laughs> News headlines, forecasters are predicting the cold slap will last, snap, I beg your pardon, will last another ten days. It comes after the coldest night of the winter so far, with temperatures in one part of Scotland plunging to minus 21. Barack Obama says he's taking personal responsibility for the intelligent failings, which led to uh, the attempted attack on a plane on Christmas Day. And Harriet Harman, the MP for Camberwell and Peckham, is due in court later, accused of driving carelessly whilst using her phone. She was involved in a minor crash with a parked car in Dulwich last year cold slap. <laughs> Sorry about that. Have a check on the uh, roads for you this morning. Hugh Broom. Thank you very much. <laughs> it is like a cold slap, isn't it? It is. Slap in the face the funny of the thing economy. Is, I mean, do you know, I, don't, I mean, I brought in my hat and I did ask, you know, Hugh what he thought of it, because I haven't had the nerve to wear it, because I'm, I'm beginning to look a bit Polish. I just need the camouflage <laughs> jacket and I'm there. But I'm, I'm going to wear it, because he said I look all right in it. Yeah, you look I'm going right. to try it on John in a moment. Cool. Pair of Russian tank commanders. Thank you. Uh, right, uh, M25 anti-clockwise, broken down lorry in the roadworks, 28 to 20. Official snow station.
Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. So uh, I've handed over the porridge to. Uh, <laughs> yes, to I should take that home. Might cost you another cup of coffee. I'm quite decided. I yet. can pop out for you. Yeah, you can pop out. I'll have another chat with Hugh Broom. Yes. We were discussing the snow. I love the snow. Where I live, yeah. and I'm sure there are lots of people listening in Muswell Hill, the side roads, as soon as you come off the memory, we're deep in snow. You see, we're, we're not deep at all. What we've got on the side roads, though, because the, the temperature has stayed as cold as it is, mm. and I don't want to bore people senseless with this, uh, it's just frozen, so they're like skid patches. I mean, you'd have to be stupid to go out driving, unless it's on a main, main road. Yeah, the main roads are clear, yeah. but you've got to get out. I mean, I cleared all the snow off my car yesterday mm. afternoon. And it must have been seven inches of snow on the car. That your idea of seven inches? Well, <laughs> yes, I live in hope. hope. for all of us. <laughs> <Yes>. well, <laughs> always best to exaggerate, just very slightly. But yeah, there's exaggeration, there's blatant lies. Well, all right, then. That's Maybe a it's... foot. No, that's a foot. That's 18 inches. In your, your mind, oh, it is. That's dear, a honest, foot. I've never seen like that's it. That's 12 inches. Yeah, right. But no, there is a lot of snow, and we have... But the pavements are very, very slippy. Yeah. And the, the actual road itself is thick with snow. We've, we've it all nothing. looks gorgeous. Oh, I love it. I it have does to, I look beautiful. I do feel sorry for some people. I did have this this dreadful moment in the shower, because if you remember a few years ago, and it probably was about four or five years ago, my uh, my boiler packed up, and it was about Christmas time. Mm. And so, because I didn't get one for three months, over the whole Christmas period, I washed in a bucket. Right. And what I would do is I would boil the kettle, mm-hmm. I would have all the rings going, and I'd boil up water, and I managed to fill a bucket with hot water. Right. Then I would go to the bathroom fill up the other bucket with cold water, and then mix and match. So I had two buckets of warm water, but it was, sort of, it was quite nicely hot. Yeah. Soak myself down with one, and then pour the other bucket over me. And I did this okay. every day, and it was, it was very therapeutic. And think how much water you saved. Absolutely. Well, showers are very good. You don't use as much water. And I stood in the shower this morning, as I'm standing there, la, 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 you know, singing away to myself, out of tune, so a little bit Stacey Solomon, and uh, a little bit Ollie Muir's, a little bit everybody on the show. And, and I was thinking, what would happen now if all of a sudden it went ice cold, which it did do that first time around. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing there going, oh, oh, it was so cold. But then I discovered, if you do it really quickly, it doesn't really matter so much. It's very good for you, though, cold You shower. only feel it on your head when you go, blimey, it's freezing cold. It is good for you, though, cold showers. Yeah, right. Not that cold. No. Because it's come, well, I don't have a water tank. So, no, I don't. I'm straight off the main. Straight off the main, so yeah. I've got fantastic pressure. But if you're, because I've got like a combi boiler, which is, yeah, I've Def- got a combi. It's definitely on its last to, legs. Oh, is it? Don't even ask. Oh, sorry. It's are, you in, are you insured? Insured for a boiler. No, do you have, uh, have you got um, a thing where they come out and repair, or...? Oh, well, yes, I do have it looked at every now and again. But, um... What, which one is it? Is it, is it a well-known make? <laughs> yes, it's 25 years old. Really? Yeah, it's I've fantastic. I've had two boilers already. It's fantastic. They didn't... In they 20 don't years. Make, they don't make them like that anymore. No, my one was, was cobbled together. All the ones where we were were all cobbled together. So they came with a water tank, mm. and then it was taken out. I had a combi put in. And that was brilliant. You just turn on hot water. And I've, second time, I've got a, now a Worcester Bosch. Right, that sounds good. Which is, which is very good, actually. But apparently, at the moment, they're doing deals. And the government, if you replace, you do yes, your boiler... Yes, £400. 400, well, that's great. Yeah, to put in a new boiler should be... I mean, a boiler is around about six £700. By the time yeah. the person's whacked up their markup and they've installed it, you could be looking at about between 1500 and two grand. But you don't have to replace all the pipes and the... Um, no. No, um, well, it depends. If your boiler's 25 years old, when my one was repa- replaced, they had to replace some of the pipes because it was the pipes were for that particular boiler. Yes, the On the Worcester Bosch, 
even on the last one I had put in, they did because they, <coughs> the boilers have changed, so the outlet pipes are somewhat different. Yeah, they have to, but they just put connectors onto those, don't well, they? Not necessarily. I mean, he had to do, you know, soldering and things. soldering and stuff mm. like that because it's all copper pipe work. Yeah. So I've got new pipes coming up the back. We moved out the washing machine, but they did it in a morning. And it was all up, up working the same day. Yes, because the moment the, the gas comes through, it just went. Whoosh, and I went, oh, and he turned on the tap and there was boiling hot water. Well, I, I couldn't wait for him to leave. I was in that shower and then I suddenly realised they were still in the flat. <laughs> <laughs> so I quickly turned off the shower. <laughs> it's interesting to move my boiler because it's so old. I've had people in, on, on, you know, to look at it and just they hoover it all out, don't they? Everything? People like the V&A or something <laughs> yeah, like that. The Victorian Albert Museum. British Museum. <laughs> <laughs> but it's touch wood. It's still, it's still going. It's been on for four weeks. But one you of them... put it off. Well, no, I just keep it on low all the time. Oh, see, I'll just turn mine on and off. As oh, do you know that's much more expensive to do that? I don't care. It's, well, you're rich. I'm rich. I'm poor. <laughs> I have to think about the bills. Yeah. Well, I'm dreading the bill. It I could be very know what high. I bill is. Well, you must do. It must be... You must get a bill. Well, I'm sure I do, but, I mean, I, it just paid by direct debit. I've got no idea <laughs> But suppose it it's £10,000. Well, it's £10,000, then. <laughs> the bank will only throw it back again, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that in what's, kicked, what, what's been very good is that in order for me to get hot water from it... Remember, this is an old boiler. Not like you, an old boiler, yeah. but like me, an old boiler. Very bitter. <laughs> the, I might have the porridge back in a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's already I'm on this side of the it. studio. <laughs> um, it, you have to turn the heating on, even in the summer. Oh, oh. Exactly. But, let me tell you... That's to get hot water. Yeah, I have to turn everything right. on to get hot water, in, like right. to have a shower. Yes, but, of course, that. you do it, you shower, you turn it all off yes. again. But that's very, very good for your boiler. And a lot of people make the terrible mistake that, you know, 1st of June, it gets warm, no, turn the heating off, and they don't put it on until the 1st of December. Yeah. But by putting it on every day, mm. everything, all the pipes keep working Someone and told else. me as well, the other, because I've got a, a pressure gauge on mine. Yes, I know, you have to keep topping up with water. Well, no, I don't have to do anything at all. Somebody said to me, the one thing you shouldn't do is keep bleeding your radiators. Oh, right. Because the, all that stuff in there is actually good. And it keeps them going. Some people go bleed the radiators, and that's when you end up getting problems. So I haven't <laughs> bled the radiators for six months, uh, even when uh, we didn't put the heating on. But now I've got the heating on all the time, and it, it's down at, I don't know, 11 o'clock, and then it's sort of 10, 10 to, and then it goes up to about 11 o'clock, and that's it. Yeah. But I don't put the heating on at night. I keep the heating off at <clears> night. But you turn, you have to bleed the radiators because sometimes they get full of air. No, well, they don't, apparently, after a while. It's a, it's a myth. I know you can get them when you first put the system in as it's pumping round. And it hisses as the air comes. Well, I've never had that at all. I mean, you're supposed to build up some pressure mm. in there so that the uh, the water is pushed all over the radiator. Yes, when the water... I've got the same radiators. 20 years it... I've had the same radiator. Well, I hope not... they're not replacing mine. I'd be deficit. One of them's not working. You know those little thermostat things yeah. that do, you twiddle and put it up to seven or yeah. down. That's gone in one. Right. The one in the other room is so hot that you could grow orchids. because you've bypassed... Uh, it's too much going into yes, one. it's and too much into one. Do, when it, do, you know, do you understand how they work? Yes. Do you? No. Okay. <laughs> Here we go, then. <laughs> Question number one. The Steve Allen Guide to Central Heating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does water... Does the water just stay there and just get hot, or is it circulating? It's circulating. It's circulating all That's round all the... in and an out pipe into each radiator. Yeah, because one's really hot and the other one's not. Yeah. What it is, it's going in, it's going all the way through the pipes inside, mm -hmm. and then out the other one, and it goes to the next radiator, and it just keeps going around the system. Ah, that could be why that one's... It's the same bit of water. It doesn't sort of, every time you turn it on, fill up with water. It's no, the no, same no, no. water. Yeah, but so it's just moving around the house. Yeah. And so when it... And then eventually it goes through the boiler, and the boiler goes... Shh, and heats that bit of water up then, does it? And I just then... hope when it goes, shh, 
It doesn't take the kitchen with it. <laughs> <laughs> or in my case, the bedroom. The bedroom. Your boiler's in the bedroom. Well, it's in. It's in a yes. It's even more bizarre, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Because my bedroom's downstairs. Remember. Getting worrying mm. because John says I've looked at houses in Liverpool out of interest and found out you can get a four to five bedroom, sometimes six bedroom house, huge rooms, recently renovated kitchens and bathrooms for around three hundred thousand pounds. Well, now, where are you? You're in... I'm in Highgate, Muswell Hill. Highgate, which, which is your borough. Oh, well, we're Harringay-Barnet, really. Harringay. Okay. Yeah. Harringay. Mm. OK, well, you're very lucky, because your growth in property is up 144%. In other words, in 1999, if you bought a property worth 140000 it's now 341000 mm. And I spoke to a guy a short while ago who said that he had a little Georgian house. He said they paid 400000 for it, just under 400000 uh, they went to get it valued because they wanted to move somewhere else. Nine eight five. Oh well, sell it. Nine eight five. He said a woman came round the next day, looked at it. Next day, came back with her daughter, put in a cash offer. Fantastic. Nine eight five. That's a lot of big, yeah. big profit, isn't right. it? I mean, you were talking about the um, Robert Lindsay's house in Tooting earlier yes. on the program, and uh, his house was nineteen twelve. Yeah. Well, mine is about nineteen o three. So it's a similar sort of period yeah. of time. Except it's worth a lot more. <laughs> Fortunately, well, you know, yeah. How much you pay for yours? Well, originally, Do you remember? yeah, m- when I first bought yeah. it, I bought it twenty-three years ago. It was twenty-nine thousand five hundred. Hang go. on, no, I've got to take a short break because <laughs> I paid a lot less than that for mine. At the Cooperative Travel, we know everyone protected. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC ninety-seven point three. Don't go out today. Really, don't go out. Uh, Steve, I cannot believe that it's the coldest night. Well, it is in Scotland, but it got down to minus 21, apparently, in parts. I'm baking under my 12-tog duvet. I don't even know what my, what my duvet-tog is, I'm afraid. I just know that uh, it does keep me nice and warm. Uh, 84850, steve at And uh, we'll take more of your texts and emails very shortly. It's after the news, which is coming up here on 97.3. Morning, team. <laughs> Lovely and warm in here, but uh, pretty slippy on the pavements outside. My thanks to Mel at uh, Perfetti Bon Von Mele because we sent sent me in some more sweets. I think people are secretly trying to kill me. Yeah, I've discovered this is a. Well, that's big. Thank you. It's, uh, it's a lolly. <laughs> it's a lolly. It's actually got lots of lollies. Lots of lollies. Ah, lovely. Chupper chups again. Fantastic. And in here, yeah. Mentos. Oh yes, go on. You've heard of these? Oh, they're Mentos. Fruit, me- fruit Mentos. Yeah, like fruit pastels. They must no, be like, are they? No, I don't think. Rainbow, it says. And then these ones here, which are, the, I think, the same things. Lemon and strawberry. They're like the boiled sweets. Yeah, yeah. like boiled sweets. I'm very into wine gums at the moment. Are you? Oh, they're you lovely. You like wine gums? Mm, I like the white ones, and I like the green ones. White wine What's a white wine gum? Well, wine gums are all different colours, aren't oh. they? They're not all just black and red. Okay. And I bought a big, well, I didn't, but my house guest, bought, uh, we went to Costco and he bought a big tub of it. I thought loads, Costco. loads up to my mum because she likes them. Yeah. But I was sitting there and I thought, I fancy something. And you start eating a wine gum, well, before you know it, you've had eaten ten. Yeah. They're very bad That's for like you. That's like eating crisps, isn't it? Yeah, because you guys, well, they've got something on them, uh, yeah. them that makes you Fried. addicted to it. <laughs> <laughs> now, we were talking about temperatures this morning, and we're listening to the news there, where it could drop to minus 18 and minus... 21. This, minus 21. Minus 21. But in Siberia, yeah. it's minus 40. Yeah. And Norway and Sweden have had minus 40. And I had a, a client the other day, when, when London came to a standstill, I had a man who was in, from Norway... And he was travelling in England and 
said he wanted to be stay in London. I booked him a hotel. And he was saying, he, I said, I bet you think we're mad, don't you? And he started laughing. And I said, well, here you are. I said, you've seen it. He said, look out the door. And it was just on yeah. the day it was snowing a lot. Yeah. And he said, yes. He said, we've had more snow in 10 seconds yes. in New Valley, in 48 hours. When In Vienna, when it used to snow there, it came down. I thought it was rain. Mm -hmm. It comes down sheets at the speed of it. Yeah. And the road that used to lead from my hotel to the uh, to the Funkhaus, which is where the Radio 1 was based and Radio 2 and Radio 3 and Radio 4 version, I mean, was a skating rink. But everybody copes. People drive around because they've got snow chains. Yes, they do. And they happily cope with these things. Over here, because it doesn't happen that often, people go, ooh, my God, and get very, very carried away. Anyway, we've got a competition for you. Uh, so my, my thanks to Mel and also to Holly this morning. We'll let you know about the porridge, all right? Well, yes, definitely. Don't need to mention about the uh, about the lollies and everything else. But as we start this new decade, LBC is going to bring you up to date with all the events, as you know. And we've got a fantastic Roberts new digital radio for you to win today. This is the Unalogic. Gives you clear digital sound quality. You can hear my stomach rumbling from about three miles away, I should imagine. Comes with an inbuilt battery charger, lightweight and portable. So wherever you go, you can listen to LBC 97.3. Now, to win it... You need to answer this question, OK? Don't start calling until I've given you the number out, because I thought she gets quite... She'll, she'll cut you off. She'll, she'll put a block on the number and everything. Oh, God. Wouldn't want to incur her wrath at all today. So, on January the 1st, 2010, mm. Spain took over the presidency of the Council of Europe. What is the capital of Spain? Is it A, Barcelona, B, Seville, or C, Madrid? Call 0845 6060 973 What's the capital of Spain? A. Barcelona. B. Seville. Or C. Madrid. So keep listening. More chances to win with Nick Ferrari, James Whale and Clive Ball. Good luck for, uh, for that. Thank you to Tammy for telling me about these uh, uh, snowshoes. You can get, you fix something mm. underneath them and they've got spikes so you grip. That's a good idea. Because you spend your life, you know, more people in A&E through falling over on yeah. pavements and, and anything else. And older people can break their hips. Absolutely. <clears throat> now, what about galoshes? Don't, sorry? Galoshes. I love the word galoshes. Well, they're not. The galoshes are just those sort of... They're like a little rubber thing that you put over your shoe. Really? Yeah, they, they, they use them all the time. Good for the rain. Hugh Broom's got Wellingtons. I'd, yeah, Wellingtons are very he trendy, them aren't the they? the other day. Was he wearing them? Yes. They're nice. Yeah. You can get... There's some brand that you can get. One of the girls at work got them. Bright pink or bright mauve I don't ones. I think he's wearing those. No? One of the girls from Capital came in and showed us hers, and they were <coughs> um, glitter Wellington. Oh, yes. And I said they need to light up in the heels. I quite like <laughs> it when you see the kids' shoes. I tell you what I do see. You see mums pushing prams out there through the snow. Yeah, of course they do. They have, people have to go out. Well, they don't have to go out. Stay in with soup and hot bread. Yeah, but only if you've been panic shopping at all the supermarkets. Oh, have you seen people panic buying? Quick, buy the bread. There's going to be a world shortage of bread. Goodness me, you can make your own bread. Oh, God but sake, the best Wellington mad. boots must have been Dame Shirley Bass's at Glastonbury. Yes. With all the Diamante down the Diamond side. DSB. Yeah. Fantastic. We've got a winner of the, uh, of the radio. Everybody else going, oh, that'll be good. I've been sitting here at the end of the phone, frozen to death. Tony in Limehouse wins the radio for today. Well done, Tony. You've got your Roberts Unologic Digital Radio. The capital of Spain, was it Barcelona, Seville, or Madrid? Is Madrid. So there you go. A lot of people thought Barcelona, but no Barcelona. <laughs> no Barcelona. He's, I tell you what, I was on the bus the other day. Well done. Put the phone down. Thank you. Put, put, the, put the phone down. Put the... 
dear, I shall come round there, I tell you. I was on the bus the other day, and the one thing I cannot stand on the bus, and it drives me to the point of I've got to say something, is people who sit there. Hello? <laughs> Hello? I yes, know. I on the bus. <clears throat> yesterday, we had a woman there who was advising one of her, her colleagues at work to do a sickie. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we, we build snowman. Yes. 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 I thought I'd phone you because I miss you at work. I'm thinking... Why don't you just get off the bus and make the phone call? We don't want to hear your naff, turgid... Then another one. Hello? Yes, I'm, I'm on the bus. Yes, we should be there. Sh- there are roadworks in Richmond. Shut up! Get off the bus and make your phone call. <laughs> this woman, every time the... I think she must be Spanish, because she's all ideas. Not from Madrid. Not from Madrid, <laughs> but from Barcelona. Or but she's a snowman, <laughs> and we put the pictures on Facebook, and I'm thinking, I wish you'd shut up. I'm bored with people sitting on buses using... How did they cope before? I know, but you know, you're not the only one. Because I... I, I it drives me crazy. Ooh. But I know other people that I've spoken to who go, they shouldn't allow it. And do you know what's really annoying? I like to read my book on the bus. Because, mm. you know, you sit there and you emerge and pretend the journey's not happening. And you're reading your book and you can't concentrate on no. the words because Mrs Bloggs behind you yeah. is talking to someone in... Prague, yeah, in a foreign language. Hello, and they do it so loudly. Yeah, it, they're so loud, but they're quite Why can't personal. They do also, I mean, I wanted to turn round and say to it, "Listen, the next time I'm on the bus and you're <laughs> on it, I'm going to throw your phone out the window <laughs> because, frankly, your conversations are boring. <clears throat> I'm not interested in your snowman, your stupid Facebook, or anything else." Mm. And then, obviously, she'd left work, and and she was giving the running comment. Yes, yes, no, it's on Facebook. <laughs> All of a sudden, she's gone Chinese, and uh, and I think, why can't oh, yeah. these people just? How you? Why can't they just make their phone calls when they get off the bus? I'm not remotely interested. So every time she picked up, the, after she'd finished each conversation, she put. I could see out the corner of my eye. She's making another one. I thought, why don't you just shut up, woman? Oh, but dear. people don't. If my phone rings on the bus, I just go to. I, put, I, I drop it. it to the answer phone. Yeah. Or failing that, I'm in the super. I'll call you back. I'll call you back. What I wanted to do is have a big phone, like, hello, and do that kind of thing, but I didn't bother. 16 past six. News headlines, Matthew Schofield. Temperatures in parts of the Scottish Highlands have dropped below minus 21 Celsius, making it... 97.3. Morning, every Paul in Manchester says, um, by the way, we had a look at Russell Brand's appendage on the website. He said, all I can say is... Daniel Radcliffe can hold his head up. There you go. Because we did go and see Daniel Radcliffe. We did we? indeed. I think it was a fairly cold day when we went to see him in the uh, in Equus. <laughs> it was uh, and it actually was very good. at that that moment in time in Equus, mm. it was such a powerful scene, and yeah. he was very good. Wasn't I love he? Richard Griffiths as well. Oh, I he's wonderful. Love him, yeah, love him to pieces. That you didn't really notice that he had no clothes on. No, really. Well, not really. Well, what it did was... you think it was? <laughs> well, I just you know I was so bowled away by the the acting yeah. that I forgot. That, you know, actually, there, he's, there, there's nudity in front of yes. me. Isn't it's it a... funny? We're, we're still so prudish in Britain that we get a bit sort of funny about, you know, about nudity. But they're bringing back hair, aren't they? Oh, thank God for that. I haven't <laughs> had hair for ages. Hair the lovely. show, not hair on your head. <laughs> I like that idea. They can't bring the hair back on your head. Cape Verde. Yes, the Cape Verde Islands. Very cheap. Very cheap. Not uh, cheap to go there on holiday. No, but property. They showed this house, mm. placed in the country or place overseas... It was called a film star's mansion. Right. It was marble floors, a beautiful pool. It was the most stunning thing I've ever seen. They walked in there and it was like, oh, 203,000. That's nothing. Nothing at all. I've never seen a place like it for the size of it. In England, the bloke said where we live, he said, this will be three or four million pounds. Mm, like and I thought, tooting. absolutely it would be. It was huge. As a house, was it? It was a house. On, on the beach? 
on the beach overlooking the ocean, mm. and it was all white with chrome, and the pool had a little Japanese bridge that went over. It was, I mean, I thought they'd made a mistake. It cannot be £200,000. But the cost, it of cannot it, be. the cost of living there is so cheap, but yes. it's not easy to get to. Yeah. It's, you know, you've got to change at Lisbon. Well, they want to retire there. Well, you'd have to you'd have to retire for six months. Yeah, spend you could spend the winters there. It'd be absolutely wonderful yeah. in the winter. Quite like it. Uh, according to the language of British industry, as mad as a brush comes from the fact that the brush flops, unable to stand upright. Right. I can't think of anybody, says Anne on LBC, who's like this. But haven't listened to you for many years. I expect you can come up with a few celebrities who fit the description. Oh, right. So a brush flops, so it's unable to stand upright. So the, what are they saying? Are they saying as mad as a brush means that that you were a bit squiffy. But the, yeah, but the, why would a brush doesn't flop though? Does it? A, a, a mop flops. A mop flops. A mop. A mop oh, does, right. doesn't it? Because mop yeah. is kind of like almost like hair. It's like string, isn't it? All oh, right. Rope. Yes. And then when you get it all wet, it sort of goes hard on the floor. And then when you stand it all up, it sort of flops like a hair, a bad haircut. Think about hair wrong, again. We're going down the wrong route here, ladies Isn't and gentlemen. We? My friend Paul in uh, Vienna, Paul Brennan, mm-hmm. who works for the ORF, the Österreichische Rundfunk, uh, has sent me in some pictures of snow in Vienna, which I'm familiar with. He said, because I heard you mentioning the snow in Vienna, so I thought I'd send you some photos. He takes photos of everything. Mm, he absolutely, I mean, he's only got to move or breathe or have a pulse, and he takes pictures of it. So when they go on holiday, uh, him and his, his, his partner, they take pictures of everything, absolutely everything. And, uh, and Good they, memories. Yes, absolutely. I'd, I'd, I'd quite like that idea. This is in front of the Karlskirche, and uh, it's just, it just looks beautiful. I think Vienna looks magical in the snow, Paul. I'm very jealous. I, I, have, I have seen it numerous times, as you know, and I just, I just love it. it it's, I think snow is so pretty. I know people hate it, but I just think it looks really pretty. I think it's beautiful. And do you know what snow does? Snow silences things. It's very quiet. And also it makes everything white. And when the, the, and bright. And yesterday, yeah. you, I, no, it was, you wouldn't even been asleep. The, the sun was out and it was reflecting on all the roofs yeah. where I live. And you look out the window and you think... Pretty, isn't it? And it's so stunning, the oh. blue of the sky. And I, I, I could lovely. probably live in, in Vienna if there was a bit more to do out there, Paul. But uh, they don't have any disruptions when, when the snow not, comes down. No. Because they're used to dealing with yeah, it. Yeah, they have it every day, all the time yeah. through the winter. Uh, Steve. Why does it matter if a conversation on a bus is between two people or one person on a phone? You wouldn't tell two people to shut up talking. Uh, no, but you tell somebody on a phone to shut up. I would push them off the bus physically. There is a difference. Yes, absolutely, a complete difference. Because when yes. somebody is talking on the telephone, mm. the way that they speak is completely different from the way they speak yes. to someone if they're sitting next to them. Mm. For some strange reason, when someone's on the telephone, most people feel that they need to raise their voice yep. two or three octaves, and they tend to shout as if they can't hear yes, them. Yes, I know. Or it's a bad line, or you're going through an area where but you've also, got a bad signal. you're hearing one side of a conversation. Mm. I'm not remotely interested in these turgid people's conversations. Get off... If I was... It's like, I don't want to see anybody eating on a bus either. We no. ban drinking. I don't see somebody sitting there, and they open up a sandwich. You think... Get off. Get off the bus. We've only banned drinking filth. alcohol. Oh. You can drink other... You can drink non-alcoholic drinks, yes. something. The thing is... If, Horrible. It's bad enough on the bus. Mm. Now, if they bring... Allowing you to use your mobile phone while you're on the tube, mm. and if you're on the tube in the morning and it is jam-packed rush hour, yeah. and you've got someone standing really, really close to you, mm. like an inch away, yeah. and they're on the mobile phone saying, I'm on my way. It's never that important. 
Unless, you know, you've <coughs> dropped dead, you don't need to make the phone call. Richie's been snowed in, unable to go to work on Wednesday, as the bus service was cancelled. He said, nice to better tune in again after two days of listening to local radio to hear the travel news. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry, we don't, we don't offer that service down here. Not for you, I'm afraid. Sandra had the same problem with no hot water, and the boiler man came out four times in a fortnight, unsuccessfully, because there was a leak under the floorboards. Oh. The boiler man said to me, his office rep, we were having an affair, he was coming around so often. You see, everybody, everybody goes through this. At some point in your life, you will go through it. And uh, Ben has to use the kettle to fill the bath sometimes. Another way to get round a broken boiler is to get an immersion heater designed to boil water in teacups. Works, but you have to be careful with it. We used to have one over the bath years ago. My, my grandmother used to have uh, a thing that when you turned it on, it went over the bath and just the water came out just for the bath. That was an ascot. Yeah, it took about three days to heat up the water for a bath. That's why shower. Nobody had showers in those days. No, we didn't have showers. Yeah, uh, showers were what American, rich Americans had. Exactly. You looked at them, also baths here. If you, if you go to any of the uh, the palaces, they are uh, they're just absolutely people didn't have baths. It was considered dirty. Yes, I know. To have a bath, they'd rather cover themselves in in perfume. Uh, Gary Nepping says thick snow here. Off to Goa in February, half term. Can't wait. Thirty five degrees there today. Yes, you know, you're not it going is. till February though, are you? But they, but they have thick snow down there, which means all my family are, um, you know. But the snow has moved, you know, it's moving south. Yeah. And it's here, even hit Barcelona and Granada yeah. in southern Spain, and they, where it's normally sort of 11 degrees at this time of the year, it's minus six. Even in, in those, those cities, which you always think, you know, southern Spain in the winter, nice, mild, spring-like climate... But it's not. They, they, and they're really struggling because they don't know what to do with it. They've never had snow before. Mark the bailiff will be out, I should imagine. And John says, why are the train companies running reduced timetable? The roads are clear. Why can't the tracks be? Well, they've had to keep running uh, some of the trains overnight uh, to keep the tracks from freezing, freezing. up, I, su- I suppose. To yes, be honest with you, I'm, I'm not really sure what, what they're doing. Well, when the it's minus 20, that can be dangerous. But yeah. didn't a Eurostar get stuck in the tunnel again yesterday? Happens all the oh, time, no. doesn't it? Yeah. What can we do about it, ladies and gentlemen? Answer, probably nothing at all, I'm afraid. Right, some more of your uh, text and emails very quickly. Oh, I must, I must mention, actually, to uh, lots of my friends in the music business, that uh, touring again with Dennis Lacaria, who was the voice of Dr. Hook. Right. Uh, you know, Sylvia's mother says, yes. Sylvia's snowed in, too <laughs> snowed in to come to the phone. Uh, he's touring with Andy Fairweather Lowe. Oh, wow. Who was the, uh, the voice uh, of, uh, of Amen Corner. Mm. And they are touring around. So Andy Fairweather Low and the Low Riders and Dennis Lacaria. That'll be quite good. And they're touring about all over the place, including South End, the Cliffs Pavilion, stuff like that. They've got a, a complete, uh, complete lineup of gigs. So thank you to that. Uh, I've got details on the funeral of Peter Moore, who's London's town crier who died, mm-hmm. and um, and the family have uh, have asked that I go. So I should be more than happy to do that. OK, take a very short break. News is next. This is LBC ninety seven point three. Twenty-six minutes to uh, seven. We are not worthy. We are not worthy. I'm afraid we're not worthy. No, not not in front of Mr. Schofield. We're not <laughs> worthy. We should we should prostrate ourselves in front of you. <laughs> yep, you should. You know why? Uh, no, I don't. Because you won. Well, I'm actually not only surprised because that's rare, but surprised there was any racing. Exactly. Well, uh, Alex had the switch, which was a non-runner, so his total loss is now 40p. You had Harlick Castle. Mm. The tote returned you 
£7.40. Whoa! Your profit, £5.40. Your total profit now, £6.40. We are not worthy. Gosh, that's got to be worth some food. He said, uh, Alex said, if you carry on like this, you'll have a problem. Because <laughs> your fingers only go up to ten. <laughs> that's so, got to be worth, uh, worth a treat, I um, well, um, I, I could... You're I very, could... very hasty to dish out the forfeits. Yes. Not so hasty to reward me, though, are you? I think you'll find you have been rewarded oh. amply over the weeks. Oh, over I the weeks. I think you'll find, I think in, in terms of who has consumed the most, it's you. Yeah, I don't deal in the past, I deal in the present. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll see if Bring, I can come, come up... Come on, deliver the goods. I, all right, I t- I'll tell you what I'll come up with. I'll come up with two... For you today, two... And only 107 calories each. <laughs> Kit Kat's caramel. Oh, lovely! They're very nice. They're very nice. Yes. Honestly, I... and w- won't add anything to your expanding waste. <laughs> Thanks. So, I'm uh, getting a bit fed up with this weather, to be honest. Oh, it's, it doesn't bother me actually. I, I don't mind it. I well, just think I, it's a bit dreary. I fell over yesterday. Oh, oh did you? Are you all right? Long way down. It is a long way <laughs> yes. down for you. That's what worries me. Also, it's the embarrassment. Factor. Oh, there were two lads on the mm. other side of the road, and they saw. Yeah, whoa! I know. I know. I always have to pretend I did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As I fall over and try and look graceful, <laughs> clutching me and Mrs. Tiggy. But even worse, even worse, I just got off the bus. Oh. My, my carrier bag had split. Oh, oh, no. And do you know what? My soup went all over my bag. Oh. 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 You were on the bus with soup? Yes. Because he wasn't on the phone. Cold soup, not hot soup. You were on the bus, but I'm even more worried. You were on the bus with cold soup. Well, soup that I just bought from the supermarket. And you was buy carrying cold home. Soup? Oh, right. Yeah, was it not in a tin? He was going to heat it no, up. it was one got... of those Covent Garden ones, you know, in the... Oh, cardboard dear. cartons. Oh, dear. Which one was it? Uh, it was it was a nice one. It was the smoked haddock one. Oh, not the smoked haddock one. So you don't want that all over your Thank bag. Thank God it wasn't Brussels sprouts. So I've had to throw the bag away. Oh, even worse. Oh, the humiliation. Well, I tell you what, two Kit Kats for you today. Oh, he's hit work. It's two all hard. It worked. You've hit pay dirt. <laughs> it's good. So today we're off to Lingfield, the two thirty with a horse called Waldvogel. Right, well, Lingfield's got to come through an inspection, as has Wolverhampton. Uh, Southall, they, they should be racing at Southall, we hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the newsroom nag, the 115 at Southall, Master Leon. Master Leon. Oh, I like that. Mm. I like that. Master Leon. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds it? a bit of a Dickens yeah. character. Yes. Uh, d- have you cleared the slate, then, to start the new oh, year Oh, yes, afresh? yes, absolutely, yes. We've gone to zero, then. Yes, yes. Well, he ended up owing <coughs> so much money. I mean, but we don't talk just, about just that. Just I see. So, well, that's a pretty nice treat. Isn't it? Have you, he doesn't appreciate. Your overdraft cleared. He does not cleared. appreciate the warmth and and the the affection with which we sort of shower him with all these and things. the generosity and the generosity and the expense. It's incredible. Bar humbug. Exactly. Talk to you tomorrow. No, you won't. Oh, you're not here. Well, it's Saturday. Oh, of course. It oh, is. Yeah, it's a Saturday. <laughs> Do you know? I had to. I, I, I know what to, you mean. It's, it's I said to Richard Hakey the other day. I said I was out yesterday. And I kept thinking. Oh, I wonder what tomorrow is. I thought. Oh, John, what, it's Friday. It's the it's the end of the week. Mm, How yes. can this happen? Yeah. It, it's, it's been a very, very peculiar week. It has. Very pe- and I've still not moved the car out yet. Oh, well, iced in, I imagine. It is a little bit. It is a, it is a little bit. I shall try and get out today, I think. I think every day seems, seems like a Saturday because there's nobody about. Yeah. Everybody's sort of stayed at home oh, because of the snow. Oh, Matthew will be tomorrow under the duvet, won't you? <laughs> I, well, I will be under the duvet, <laughs> exactly. you're right. So talk to you Monday. Yeah, have a good weekend. Have a good weekend as well, thank you. There's Matthew Schofield. So uh, we'll put those up on the website a little bit later on. Nick Ferrari this morning, looking at the papers, uh, will be Andy Heyman. They talk about the closure of schools. Are we sending the wrong message to the children? The answer is, of course we are, yes. yes. There's no reason why... Uh, all right. In certain parts of the country, you can't, but around London, you can certainly get to school. Of course you can. We managed to get into work. Well, I'm here, well, we're yeah. here now. School children. Into work all day. Uh, they're looking at, I don't know this advert, the Australian KFC advert, is it racist? 
What is it? We, I've got no idea what, what the advert is. And why would we be watching an Australian KFC advert? I don't know. <laughs> in the UK? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know why, it's, why it would be considered as racist. Yeah. I don't know, actually. Well, without seeing it, you can't I comment. do know. Well, strangely enough, the, the man they're talking to is Tony Sewell, columnist from The Voice mm. newspaper. And strangely enough, the majority of, of, of black people absolutely love Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, yeah. Absolutely I, adore it. I like it. I know. I, <laughs> I dare eat it. I think I'm it's afraid. delish. You think it's absolutely delish? Absolutely delish. OK. Who will replace uh, Jonathan Ross on the chat show? The uh, Paddy Power bookmakers are offering 500 to 1 on Jedwood. Oh, that's <laughs> 33 ridiculous. to 1, Holly Willoughby. Terry Wogan at 25 to 1. Davina McCall, Dermot O'Dreary. Vernon Kay. Why is Dermot O'Dreary? Sorry? Why do you call him O'Dreary? He's boring. He comes up with a fake accent. Oh, he's lovely, fake. Dermot. He's fake, fake, fake. He's lovely. They're saying Philip Schofield. Oh, please not Philip Schofield. Oh, lovely. No. He's on far too much. Anton Deck. What, for a chat show? No. No, ridiculous. No. Michael McIntyre. No. Could be Graham Norton. It can't be Graham Norton. He's on everything. He's got his own chat show. Yeah, well, they've just signed him for another two years. Yeah, I know, but why would... It, uh, he might get the slot, yeah. but they won't give... It won't be the show like Jonathan had. That show will be finished. Well, of course, because, uh, you know, it's exactly <clears> the <throat> same as if, if Nick Ferrari left. Who would replace him? It would be so, somebody, not somebody like Nick Ferrari. No, somebody different. Somebody totally different. Who will, pre- who will present film 2010? There's Russell th- Brand, 100 to 1. Terry Wogan, 33 to 1. Barry Norman, 18 to 1. Ian Johnson, 14 to 1, whoever he is. Who's Ian Johnson? No idea. Oh, see, I don't know either. Chris Moyles, 10 <laughs> to 1. Who's he? <laughs> no idea. The thing about it is... Graham Norton, 9 to 4. They're all assuming yeah. that Jonathan Ross will not present film 2010. I think he said he won't. Why not? I think he said he won't. That's a great programme. Mm. You know, it, it's made for the BBC by an outside company. Yeah. So, well, it, th- he's very good at that. Nobody so, cares, do but, they? But why would, why would he just suddenly stop working for the BBC? He could carry on working for the BBC. He's just not under contract with them. Mm. Mark Commode is at one to three. Mark Commode? Yeah. Who's Mark Commode? I don't know. Is he in the Big Brother house? I don't know. Oh, sorry. He's a fil- the, film reviewer, apparently. The celebrity He's the one Big with Brother the glasses, with the funny hair. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, no, you don't want a film review. No. You want somebody unbiased. Well, you, well yes, but, but I, I, yes. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I don't think you actually beat uh, Barry Norman. Barry Norman was wonderful. He was very good. Yeah. I don't see why you have to replace me with something young and funky, because young and funky don't pull yeah. in the audience. And Michael Parkinson used to do that. Yeah. Film 1936 or something. Yes, yes. Film 1820. <laughs> and today, it's fantastic. He was Moving good. pictures. He was very good, Michael very Parkinson. Good. Loved by Jordan, loathed by the punters. Alex Reed, the rank outsider to win Big Brother. <clears throat> uh, unfortunately, the public have deserted him in droves, mainly because the man is a plank, I'm afraid. You won't find anybody more stupid, but of course he's at the intellectual level of Jordan, which is good. Tony won the competition. Congratulations. Yep. And he says, I love the show. Of course you do now. You've just won something. And a Robert's it. Radio. Listen, I would love it. He says, thanks to you and Holly. What's she got to do with it? Holly? What's it? Uh, sorry? Holly. And I... Yes, we've done that. It's over. Yeah. You've got to allow at least a week before you can start talking about Christmas He says, again. by the way, I'm a friend of Julian MacDonald, who designed the wellies and the fab red dress at Sherl. Ah, fantastic, yes. Met her a few times. She's got a wicked sense of humour. She has indeed. Yes, I've also met her a few times. So have I. A bit more than a wicked sense of humour. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Derek says, I can remember that daft as a brush thing. It was a catchphrase of some radio comedian. Was daft it? as a brush? Oh, I don't know. Jeanette in Wimbledon says, we've had uh, no electricity for 17 hours... But finally, we have it. That's shocking, isn't it? 17 hours. I did a think long that this time. morning. As I was standing in the shower, I thought, if the electricity went off now, mm. where's the torch? Where oh, is the, the torch? candle. You've got candles. I, I've got candles, yes, absolutely. Could... But I, I would fall over myself trying to find the torch. 
So I've decided Why now, would you need a torch? Well, because if all the lights go out, it's going to be pitch black, isn't it? You know, we did survive before there was electricity. Well, I don't know we how. Lock- I was in the cave. <laughs> I was the only one with a hairdryer. No television. <laughs> You'd have no TV for a start. Well, to be honest with you, I, I would welcome not having television. Me too. Because you could have your radio on. Yeah. Because you've got batteries. Yes. And a radio will work with batteries. Yes. I'd quite like a radio that you wind up, like that Trevor Bayliss thing. Yes, we don't need any batteries. We don't need any batteries. And I, I think it would be... Uh, I, I, I think it would be good. I, I, they, they did try an experiment where they, they took away televisions in a village. Mm. And three families split up. There were two divorces. People stopped because people just gravitate to the... Uh, to the to I the don't understand why. I don't know why. Because you've got all those channels and you flick through them all. Yeah. And you think to yourself, what a load of old rubbish. And yet, strangely enough... People don't talk, do they, now? No. People, you, you, if you look at all the soaps, nobody's sitting there watching television. They're all... Having conversations. All having conversations. In the pubs. In the pubs. So why isn't everybody going to the pub and not watching television? I don't know. Whenever I go to the pub and I have a few drinks... <laughs> Every day, ladies and gentlemen. amazing conversation. Do you know, I haven't been to a pub for ages. <laughs> a good... You ask uh, Alec and Hillary, I've not been for ages, because it's too blooming cold to go out, for But a pub's cosy. I went for dinner in a pub My the other night. My place is cosy. But it's quite nice to sometimes... You must go out in the air, in the fresh air. I do go out in the fresh air. Every day, even though it's bad weather. I do. And it's not bad, 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 bad weather. I do go out. Do you? Why are people picking on me this morning? (laughs) Johnny Vaughan stopped the other day and went, Morning. I was so shocked, I nearly (laughs) fell over. I went, Morning, love. (laughs) He always says good morning to me on Friday, yeah. He doesn't know who you are. (laughs) Of course he does. He doesn't. He doesn't even know who I am. (laughs) And, um... (laughs) <laughs> Mark says, tell those idiots driving too fast on the roads to slow down, especially the idiotic white van man who nearly hit me yesterday. And uh, so what will happen to Jonathan Ross's house band? Perhaps they could be backing group for Susan Boyle, says Sue. <laughs> the four puffs and a piano and Susan Boyle. Yes. Yeah, what will happen to them? Well, they'll Nothing. just go work somewhere else. Yes, I don't know where. I should imagine. People never think about that, do no. they? No. What happens to all the, all the researchers? Sorry, researchers. <laughs> have you seen the programme? Yes. <laughs> no, they don't have researchers on that. Evan Zabavi just does that. The interviews are dreadful. Uh, quarter to seven. This is the sound of the Strepsils Handy Tube. Balance. Morning, everybody. Brrr. Gold. Only outside. In which case, wear your mittens, wear your gloves. <laughs> Food and drink with Tom Parker Bowles. Sunday afternoon from four. He continues with his Happy New Year. Healthy New You series, and we'll be looking at one of the hardy perennials of the dinner table, Indian food. He'll be joined by Indian super chef Anjum Anand to discuss how Indian food can be healthy and how, I think it's uh, Uravida, can help you lose weight. Everybody's paranoid about that. Mm. Join Tom Parker Bowles for Food and Drink Sunday from <coughs> four. And Andrew in Gateshead says, forget Ava Gardner, your Marilyn Monroe's and your Joan Crawford's. There's only one love for me, Stacey Solomon, the wonderful songstress from Dagenham who does it for me every time. That's why, Andrew, you live in Gateshead, because you're mad, unfortunately. <laughs> and, uh, and if you're very, very good, we'll send her to you, and you can keep her. I have met her. She yeah. was Sweetie Pie. I'm sure she's Sweetie Pie, but <clears> there's, no, there's no career there, I'm afraid. Now, talking about Sweetie Pies, according to the paper today, that in the Celebrity Big Brother house tonight, mm. they're going to put Ivana Trump into the... Uh... This will be Ivana, who recently was taken off an aircraft for mm. shouting abuse at somebody. Uh, children. Children. For making... running up and down. Foul-mouthed old bag of the First Order who has a daughter called Ivanka. Yes, Ivanka. I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> she was married to Donald Trump. But it's interesting... Of course she was. <laughs> I, I was talking to uh, the, the man who cuts my hair the other day. You were talking to him? Yes. That's a rarity. Do you know what they do when they cut your hair? They know, you talk about all sorts of silly uh, things, don't you? Holidays and newspaper. And he was talking about celebrity. He said, why do they call it Celebrity Big Brother? 
What is a celebrity? And when you think about it, why is that girl in there? I really like her, by the way. The girl, what's Ekaterina. her name? Katia. Yeah, Katia, whatever her name I is. I really like her. Well, she's only in there because she's a waitress <clears throat> who happened to pull an old man of 63. And that, of course, is such a rarity in London, isn't it? And let's but, face it, waitresses in those sort of bars are constantly looking out for 63-year-old men. But why is she a celebrity? Because she slept with... Well, because, I mean, mainly for staying power. I mean, to be honest, I mean, far be it from me to cast aspersions on her life, but frankly, there must be something really peculiar with her when you want to go out with your grandfather. But she's not... She's... She was born in England. She wasn't... She's lived in England since she was three, she mm. told us. I still don't understand what she, why she's, she's in, in one there. of those sort of bars, though, wasn't she? Was she? a cocktail waitress in a, <laughs> in a bar. What's that song? Is that I'm a cocktail waitress in it from... Um, what's I his was name? working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. Love when I met this... Dirty old man of 63. <laughs> who left I his mean, wife. Who left his wife for her, and then the wife went, oh, give me the money. Yeah. And then she went on the television, and now this one becomes a celebrity. It's through association. It's ridiculous. In and that the, case... I tell you, if, if I told you about my relationships with high-powered celebrities, I could be on Celebrity Big Brother. I think you're in a relationship with Heidi. Heidi. Yeah. Heidi Fleiss. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well-known brothel keeper. Isn't it disgusting that you put a brothel keeper on the television? A convicted brothel keeper on the television. A woman who trafficked other women. And she was... Is, this, this, disgusting. But she, although she trafficked other, other women, um, they must have done it... They must have wanted to do it, otherwise they wouldn't have gone to her in I the first care. place. I don't care. She was convicted and she went to prison. She kept a brothel. Why don't we just put pimps up on the television and go, hello, you're a celebrity because you pimped women. She did. It does admit it as well. She's quite sort of proud oh, that she did that. Disgusting. Disgusting. I like Cisco. Cisco. The, 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 the black rapper. Oh, I really like he, him. He won't live long. They're all puffing away on their fag. <laughs> I thought, oh, do they, does he smoke as well? Oh, God. I thought how? the only one that smoked was a tall Swedish man. No, no, no. Ekaterina or whatever her name she Oh, smokes. she does. Yeah. Her name's Katia, it says here. In yeah. The paper. I think her real name's Ekaterina or something. Yeah, she was born in Kazakhstan. Yeah. I moved to London. She speaks with a London, very Cockney accent. Lovely. And then we. I wouldn't mind, but every time I've looked at her, I thought she's not even that attractive. Mind you, if you're 63, I suppose most things have got a pulse. She's quite pretty, is she? Mm. She's not a celebrity. Do you like Nicola, the topless page three girl? God, honestly, she had to take in a picture, but it was confiscated (laughs) to show people of what she looked like, (laughs) topless modelling. Very thrilling, dear. Well, you can see in the paper every day if you really want to. She's 90, isn't she? Who? Nicola? Nicola? No, she's only young. She's She's not a young girl. She's she's over 30. Yeah, she's over 30, exactly. but she's old for a... She's a bit like Nicola McLean. Too much makeup and no talent, I'm afraid. But we love Stephanie Beecham. Well, we like her, but I don't know what she's doing in there. She's got loads of money. Oh, she must have. Oh, she has a, a house on, on the Maldives or somewhere like that. She rents out. Mm. She's, she's, she's loaded. But she, it was quite funny when Vinny, um, Vinny walked in. He was the last one to go he in. He doesn't know anything. Isn't he as, uh, is he as dim as I think he is? She sat there and she was sitting there and he said, oh, I've just come in from L.A. And she went, oh... Are you L.A.? Are you L.A.? And you she LA? blabbered off what, some place that she... Some street that she lived in. He went, oh, I'm all hollow and drive. Oh, she said, nice. Yes, yeah, rented, of course. Of rented. Course. Because, uh, you know, but she doesn't need to be there. What, in L.A.? Or in the Big Brother house? doesn't need house? to be in the Big Brother house. I don't no. know why people go in there. Which is strange. Uh, Tony says, I've just remembered a few years back when a friend and I arrived at Heaven to a massive queue, so I decided to blag it, went to the front of the queue and said I was a guest of the owner's. The man at the door asked a few questions about the owner that I couldn't possibly answer, and I have to admit I was blagging. He laughed and said he admired my front and let me in. He said, next time, use this card. The name on the card? Paul Savory. 
Ah. There you go, you see. <laughs> ne- never blag a blagger, as they <laughs> no, say. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's quite interesting. When, when People do that to me all the time, to try and get into my room. They don't. I'm, I'm not, as, no. not as kind as Paul Savory. Mm. I just go, no, go away. Darren says, Miss Beecham, you know, I mean, they, they have realised that Big Brother is a dead format, but Miss Beecham, why have you done it? Why have you done it? Well, there must be a reason. I mean, she doesn't need to do it, as you say. She's no. got plenty of money and she's got, probably got some work here and there coming in. Why does she need to... It was quite funny when they're all... Because nobody in there... All these celebrities have gone into the house. Mm. Nobody actually knew who anyone else was. No. Nobody knew who Stephanie Beecham was. Because no, Dynasty... Course. was a while ago. And, and, and the, the Colbys was, was 20 years ago. I know. They are bringing it back, aren't they? But, um, Not with her. But Vinnie Jones, everybody knew who that was. Yeah, but I mean, he was a fail... He calls himself an actor. A failed... A failed person, I'm afraid. I <laughs> had to go in there. Just <laughs> failed. Somebody sent me the uh, KFC advert, which they're going to be talking about with Nick Ferrari. So I don't know what it is, so I'll have to listen to Nick to find out what the advert's about. As I can't open this up, I'm afraid, John, because we've now finished the programme. So we have finished. to go home. We're going to go and slip all over the pavements outside, which is going to be absolutely delightful. Well done for winning the radio. Well done to everybody for, for surviving so far, which is very good. So uh, we'll, we'll attempt to do it again on Sunday morning. My special guest for In Conversation is Linda LaPlante. Oh, wonderful. So talk about her latest book and her fascination with murders and mortuaries and bodies Wonderful. And else. I should be listening. Good conversation. And, uh, and I'll be here for breakfast on Sunday as well. So that'd be nice. John's back next week. Will be. Thank you very much indeed. I didn't mention the fact that uh, there were other stories in the paper today, but overshadowed by somebody vastly overpaid leaving a chat show. Well, that would be of any interest to anybody, I can't imagine. So uh, we'll do it next week, but do join us on Sunday. Don't forget to podcast, don't forget to read the blog and check out all the lovely pictures on the LBC website. John, thank you. Pleasure. John will be back with us next week. Next Friday. Next Friday. Yes. God, this week has gone past so quickly. Next with you after the news at seven, but now time for today's business update with Matthew Schofield. Thanks, Steve. Richard Branson's online bank.